All right. You guys ready for tonight? I'm super excited. We're doing a new sermon series called Relational Vampires, and we're going to be talking about controlling people tonight. Actually, for the next few weeks, we'll be in this series, and I believe this series has the potential to speak to you in a massive kind of way. We'll be talking about people that are a little tougher to love, people that are not bad, but that just need a little bit more love, and uh, they're kind of like relational vampires in our lives. Now, if you know what a vampire is, which I believe most of you guys do, they literally suck blood out of people, at least that's what we're told. And a relational vampire would be a person that is literally sucking the life out of you as you're hanging out with them. Those people that emotionally and maybe even physically drain you so much that when you hang out with them afterwards, you just want to go home and take a nap. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, there are just these people in our lives that are just really draining, and we're going to be talking about three different types of people. The first week is going to be controlling people. The second week is going to be critical people. And the third week is going to be needy people. And we're going to talk about not just so much talking about them, but really more how do we love them? How do we love them, and how can we make sure that they will not be the ones draining us any longer? So we're going to talk about control freaks tonight. Any control freaks in the house? All right, a few of you guys are honest. Let me ask this question then, because that will probably be everybody. How many of you guys know a control freak that is around you? See, that's everybody, most of you guys, yeah? And then, honestly, again, so how many of you guys would say, I am a little bit of a control freak, and my hand is definitely up on that. Okay, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that, guys. Now, here's something that we need to understand right from the beginning, is this, that even though people may try to control us someone, they're not all bad people. As a matter of fact, sometimes the people that want to control us or seem to be wanting to control us are just needy themselves, they're insecure, they may have been hurt, or maybe they really want truly the best for you, they just don't have God's best for you at that moment, but they really want you to succeed, and in them wanting you to succeed, they're actually sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly controlling you. So what happens when you have a controlling person in your life, and you're finally standing up to them? Well, when you finally say enough is enough, sometimes it can go like this, they can start whining to you, complaining to you, they may even pout, they may even be like, hey, I'm done with you, walking away from you, or they give you the silent treatment. But the two things that they really do, two ways of how control freaks get us to do what we don't really want to do, there's two ways specifically that they do is, and number one is they get us to do stuff by using threats and pressure. And that would be like someone saying to you, you better do it or you'll regret it. You better perform or you will regret it. And this may be your boss, it could be your teacher, futuristically speaking, your spouse. Maybe your boyfriend will say this, unless you do this, I will leave you. Or in this day and age, it could be the girlfriend who's saying, hey, unless we go there, I'm out of here. And young gentlemen and young ladies, let me just tell you, when you have a person that uses threats to get certain things in your relationship, and they say, hey, I'm going to leave you unless you do this, you know what you do? You wave goodbye, because they're jerks, and you don't want them in your life, amen? Like, seriously, you guys look at me like, this is never going to happen. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this, and I know this to be true, people pressure people into doing things that they don't want to do, like having sex. And you, because you're a people pleaser, and because you have people controlling you, will just give in to it and say, okay, I'll, I, I don't want you to leave me. And so their threats are working. It is important to understand that if you feel someone is threatening you in order to, to have you do things that you need to cut off that relationship, that is not healthy and it's not okay. You need to cut that person out of your life or talk to them 
and make sure that they change. Now, I'm not talking about your parents. Let me make this really clear because some of you guys are like, oh, so when my parents tell me unless, you do my, unless I do my chores, I will not be able to do that. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about friends and different people that are literally threatening you. I think parents can say that, hey, unless you do your chores, you won't be able to go to the theater afterwards. Or, you know, like see the movies, whatever. That's okay because you live in the house and you need to help a little bit. So that's okay. Parents, you should say amen right now. It's a good place. Even though you don't, kids, okay, you don't need to. All right, second thing about what they do is they, they will not just put threats and pressure on us, they will also guilt us. And you will hear phrases like this, after all I have done for you. Or, you've said you were my friend, why wouldn't you do this? Or then the best one is this, if they're non-Christian, they're trying to get you to do something. You say that you're a Christian, therefore you should be doing this to me, helping me, blah, 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 all these different things. And you will hear all those things. In other words, they will use guilt to manipulate your behavior, and often they do this on purpose. Now, when you feel a relationship is going this direction, you need to address that with your friend right away. Don't wait. Say, hey, listen, we need to talk about this because I'm not letting you guilt me into doing something that I am not okay with doing. And again, if they are not willing to change, you need to say goodbye. Again, you don't want to have controlling people in your life, but if you do, how do you deal with them? How do you love these people that are intentionally or unintentionally trying to manipulate you? What do you need to know? Well, there's a story in the Bible where someone literally tried to manipulate Jesus. And we're going to look at this story, and we're going to learn some things from this story that I think will help us the next time we deal with a person that is trying to control us, or maybe help us as we are the one trying to control other people. The story goes like this. Peter and Jesus, they're together. The other disciples are there as well. And Jesus is basically telling his disciples, hey, I'm about to die I'm going to go on the cross. And then Peter jumps in and says, no way, God. No way, Jesus. This is not going to happen. Something else needs to happen. So he's trying to manipulate Jesus. So let's read this here in Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Just like what I told you. So he's telling him what is going to happen. Peter took him aside. And he began to rebuke him. Now, that's bold. I mean, like, he's rebuking Jesus, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned, Jesus, to Peter, and he said this, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So here we have Jesus and Peter, one of his disciples, and he's literally trying to control Jesus and telling him what to do. It's interesting to me, and I put this as a warning into your handout, manipulators will often try to isolate you. So Peter takes Jesus to the side and tries to isolate him and then says, hey, by the way, this is not the way this is going to go down. Can you imagine, like, pulling Jesus aside after Jesus said what he's going to do and then saying, this is not going to happen? That's That's crazy. Now, there's a couple of things that you need to know in order for you to know how to deal with people that are controlling, how to make sure that people do not control you. I want to show you three things out of the story that I think will help you. Um, and if you do this and know these, I think you'll be good when it comes to controlling people. Number one is this. You need to know what you're called to do. Once again, in Matthew 16, verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He would be killed and be raised on the third day. Jesus knew exactly what he came here for. Jesus had a purpose, he had a destiny, and he knew his identity, he knew exactly what he was called to be. See, he knew that he, was, he came to seek and save 
those that were lost. He knew that he would give his life as a ransom for many. He knew that he would go on the cross so that we may be able to go to heaven. There was no doubt about it in his mind. He knew that he was the son of God and he was going to fulfill his destiny. See, you need to clearly know what you're called to do. You need to know your morals and your values because if you don't, the moment someone else comes to you, you don't have anything to stand on. But when you do, you can say, that is not what I will do. I will not stand for this. I will not go in this direction because this is what I'm called to do. We're called to be holy. We're called to be set apart. We have many things that we're called to do and then specifically other things that God has individually called you to do and you need to know these things. If someone were to come to me and they say, hey, I think you should not be a pastor anymore. I think you should be an entrepreneur. You should be going out in the business world. And I think you should start your own business. I wouldn't even, even if they would come to me and say, I have a prophetic word, <laughs> which we do that sometimes in church. That's kind of scary. That's manipulating too. It could be used for that. And uh, even if somebody would say that, I'll be like, you know what? Thank you very much. But no, I know what I'm called to do. See, I know that I'm called to, number one, love my wife. Number two, raise my kids and lead them and train them well. Number three, shepherd this youth ministry. And in all of that, disciple, mentoring, raising up leaders, all of that goes into it. I know what I'm called to do. So if someone comes to me and tries to manipulate or control me, put me in a different direction, I can say, no, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm called to do, and I don't even have to think about it. I want you guys to have that kind of security in your heart where you can say, I know what I'm called to do. Now, when someone talks about that, usually you're like, so how do I know my calling? And I think we make this very, um, like, mystical at times, and I think it's so easy. If you want to know how to find your calling, you find your calling in your secret place. You find your calling when you're together with Jesus and the Word, and you sit down and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? And God and Jesus will show you no matter what. No, no doubt about that. Now, it's interesting that some of us, we know our calling, yet we still go away from our calling all the time. We know what we're called to do. We know exactly that we're set apart. We know exactly that we're supposed to be holy, and yet we still go away. Why is that? Because a lot of us, we are just plain people pleasers. We like pleasing people, and we put people's opinion of us ahead of what God thinks about us, which in essence is idolatry. You're putting the opinion of someone else, of a man, ahead of the opinion of God, and that is not good. You need to make sure that you're not a people pleaser and that you please God and him only. Like, we should be God pleasers, not people pleasers. Amen? And I think that's something that we really need to grab a hold of. See, a calling, calling clarifies. When you have your calling, everything is clear, and you can say yes and no super, super easily. Every person that is controlling has one thing in common. Everybody that has ever controlled anybody has this in common with one another, and that is this. The person who controlled had someone that allowed them to be the controlling person. See, when we complain about that people control us, we have to unfortunately look at ourselves and say, I am the one enabling that person to control me. Because you could stand up and say, no, right? So it's up to us to say, no, that is not going to happen. You need to know what you're called to do. Number two, you need to know when someone is trying to control you. So Peter took him aside in Matthew 16, 22, and he began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen. Now, did Peter hate Jesus? No, of course not. Was he trying to distract Jesus? Not, not really. I mean, that wasn't really his goal. He just had a different plan. And the funny thing is now, think about this. Peter just won Jesus' jeopardy just a couple of days earlier. 
You know what Jesus' jeopardy is? Jesus has this whole game going on. He's asking the question, who do people say that I am? And then he says, who do you say that I am? And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter wins Jesus' jeopardy. He gets this whole thing that Jesus is the Christ. And then a couple of days later, he rebukes the son of God. He knows who Jesus is. What happened to Peter? See, what happened was this. He was putting his desires ahead of God's. He wanted Jesus to establish his earthly kingdom, wanted to be overthrow the, the, the Roman government, and he wanted to have Jesus be the king and him be serving under him. But that was not Jesus' plan. Jesus and God, they had a different plan. So why did Peter try to control Jesus? Because in that moment, he did not understand the plan of God. He thought he did, but he didn't. I had a moment in my life where um, I was in Bible college, and this was about my, my first year was up, and our school went through a split where literally there were different opinions. And so one school started over here. The other one stayed over there. And I was going to go with one side of the school. And I was kind of really leaning towards that. I was really getting close to the teachers. I was helping them move, all that kind of stuff. And then in the midst of all that, I felt God was saying, no, you're supposed to stay. And so I went to the teachers that left the school. And, and I said, hey, I, I just I feel like I'm supposed to stay. And one of the leaders um, that was a, a mentor somewhat in my life and that I really looked up to. He said this, if you do this, you waste your calling. Now that sounds really harsh, but I don't think he meant this to be harsh. I don't even think he was trying to control me. I don't think he was trying to manipulate me. I just think he felt like in what he saw, he saw that this is what was good for me, but God had a different plan. And sometimes people put their desires ahead of God's desires. And we need to distinguish between the two of them. What is God's desire? What's our desire? And what's other people's desire? And clearly, I know that I was called to the other school. That wasn't really an issue. And, uh, but again, I'm not, sometimes people just do stuff. He was a good person. He still is a good person. I still admire him. He's still someone that I would call if I needed to. I'll look up to him. But in that moment, that was not what I needed to hear. So you need to understand that even people that can try to control you, they're still good people, okay? Sometimes they just... They want the best for you, but they don't see the clear, full picture. Number three is this. What do you need to know? You need to know when it's time to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> this is what Jesus did. And I don't suggest you to do this. You probably want to use a different phrase. But this is what Jesus said, and he's the only one that can't. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Obviously, that's not the line that we want to use. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. So really what he's saying is, your interests are not aligned with the interests of the kingdom. You are not kingdom-minded right now, and that is not what God has. See, the reason why we can often not draw a line in the sand. Some of you guys, you want to do this so badly, but you can't. And the reason why is because your identity is literally wrapped up in the opinion of your friends, of you. You are, your identity is so wrapped up in what your friends think about you that you know that they're controlling, you know you should say something, you know you should draw the line, but you don't because you want to please them. And I want to tell you something, young people. It's time that you stop that. When you know what you need to be doing, draw the line in the sand. Do what Jesus did. Jesus knew it. He did it nicely. And he said, hey, this is not going to happen, Peter. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Your identity needs to come from him and him alone. As a matter of fact, your identity won't be found unless you find it in him. I don't have an identity outside of Jesus. And I shouldn't. Now, i got to be honest. A lot of times I try to but that's not the way it should be. My identity should be found in Jesus and Jesus alone. Imagine with me just for a moment. Let's just go crazy. Let's pretend Jesus is like us. He is a codependent people pleaser. And let's just say this scenario is going on, and Peter is going to Jesus, and he's saying, Jesus, 
man, this is not the way it's supposed to be. If, if you do this, I will not be a disciple any longer. I won't follow you on Instagram and Facebook anymore. I'm done. I'm giving you the silent treating. I'm done with you if you go to the cross and if you die. And Jesus, because he's a codependent people pleaser, which obviously is never going to happen, but we're just pretending, is saying, you know what, Peter? I'm so sorry I upset you. You were right. I mean, like, I know I was going to go to the cross and I was going to save mankind, but I, I think you were right. I'm going to do what you want me to do because my, my identity is wrapped up in my opinion about you. That's crazy, right? I mean, that's like blasphemous almost even to talk about it. But see, this is what we do all the time. Well, we know what we're supposed to do, but yet because we want to please people and we're so worried about their opinion, we do something that we shouldn't be doing. Young people, know who you are. If there's one thing that I want you here tonight is this, know who you are and know what you're called to do. When that is in you, you can stand and say no to anything around you. When all these temptations come your way, you can say no because you know who you are. See, the moment we give control to someone else is the moment that person is controlling us and is not God anymore. I don't want anybody else to have control over my life but Jesus. I don't even want myself to have control over my life, even though I, me and Jesus fight over that sometimes, and I think you guys do too. But I want him to be in control always. Is there someone in your life right now who is currently trying to take you away from what God has for you by controlling you? I think it's a question that we need to ask ourselves. And what do we do? Where do we go from here with all this? Let me give you a couple of thoughts really quick as we come to uh, a quick close here in a second. The relationships you have are a combination of what you have created and what you have allowed. Think about this for a moment. Every relationship you have is one that you created and one that you allowed. So when we're mad at people for controlling us, it's our fault because we allowed it and we created it. We create healthy patterns and healthy relationships as well as bad ones. If you don't like what you have, change what you accept and what you expect. You've got to change that. And you've got to talk to the people in there. See, I love you, but I will not let you talk to me that way. I know this is difficult, but I'm not going to tolerate that. You've got to have these conversations with your friends if they're the ones that are literally controlling them. I'm not going to let you put guilt on me anymore. I'm not taking this guilt trip. I know what I'm called to do. In other words, you need to draw a line in the sand just like Jesus did. You need to redefine your relationships, and it will be difficult for you and the other person. But you need to do that. If you don't, you'll have dysfunctional relationships. Remember, when you are in a dysfunctional relationship, they will take you away from your calling that Jesus has for your life. I don't want that. I want to walk straight in the calling that God has for me. And if there's friends in my life that are dysfunctional, either we make it right or they need to get out of my life. And that's not me being harsh. That is me saying, hey, I want to be a man of God. and I want to have the right people around me. I want people around me that challenge me, that catapult me even further into what God has for me. Now, what if you were the controlling one? What if you were the control freak? See, what if you like to call the shots? I like calling the shots. I think sometimes I even like playing God. All right, you too? The problem is that we're not in good company when we do that because that's exactly what Lucifer did. He tried to play God. He wanted to be in control. And let me tell you this. The problem is I'm not a good God, and neither are you. We need to give him control, and he's the only one that can control things. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Can you change your parents? Can you change your siblings? No. Parents, can you change your kids? Not really, unfortunately, right? I mean, we want to, but we can't. Can you, do you have the power to change, you know, someone else to become a Christian so you can date them? No. Like, we don't have control over people. 
why don't we surrender and give to control to the person that has the power to change those people? And really look at ourselves and learn what we need to do. See, we need to literally let go of the controlling that we have when you stop and surrender. And I love what Jesus said at the end. So you have this whole scenario of Peter and Jesus and Peter trying to manipulate Jesus and then Jesus saying no. And then he says this. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now you've heard that verse so many times, but now put it in context. Here you have someone manipulating Jesus saying, you need to just let control go. This is not about you need to surrender. As a matter of fact, if you want to follow Jesus, you will never be in control again. The only time that you will be is when you take control away from him. But he should be the one in control. See, when we control others, we are essentially trying to be God. And I don't want to try that. God is the only one that has control. He's sovereign. He controls. We do not. And let me tell you this. God will do a much better job than we ever could. And he has our best interest at heart. You need to know what you're called to do. You need to know when people are trying to control you and call it out. And then at the end, you need to draw a line in the sand and say, no, this is enough. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you come in this place, that as we look at this, that you will work on our hearts. And, uh, and God, that you will show us if there are people in our lives that are controlling us that we need to confront or um, let, let go of, Father, or that we need to be the ones that need to say, hey, we need to stop controlling others. So as you have your eyes closed, uh, maybe there are some people in your life that, that you need to talk to and, and just, you know, talk about the fact that, hey, I, I feel like you're, you're controlling me. You need to somewhat stand up and do this in a nice way. I'm not talking you calling them out. I mean, like, in a nice way, talking with that person because you feel like, hey, there's a lot of control going on. If that's you, would you put your hand up high so I can pray over you? If you have anybody like that that you want to kind of talk to, awesome. Everybody else, you might be the controlling person. And if I'm honest with you guys, I'm raising my hands on both of these. You are the one that is controlling other people. You're bullying people. And honestly, we all do this all the time. I have kids, and let me tell you, my kids all the time, I'm like, wow, they are trying to control each other all the time. And I think we have that issue. And even as adults, that happens in marriage, happens with our kids, happens with our parents, with our friends. If that's you, would you put your hand up high and say, I want to stop controlling. I don't want to be God anymore. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for both groups that have their hands raised. And I pray, Father, that we can... Um, Calmly talk to the people that may be controlling our lives so that they can become people that we really love and that they're not um, sucking the life out of us. And Father, for us that are the ones controlling, I pray that you give us the grace to resist the urge to control. And Father, we give it to you that we let you be God and let you be the one that does it all. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.